You are now listening to the Coast to Coast Podcast with Flex and Dan. Dan. I'm ready to brine ya. Recording this on what's today? Wednesday? Yeah, the fifth. Wednesday night the fifth. Coast to Coast Podcast here with Dan and Flex from Jersey. And we have our first guest. Um, welcome, Espo. How you doing, man? Wait, I'm the I'm the first guest. The first guest, my man. I think that I, I think that comes full circle because I'm pretty sure Flex was the first guest on the first post-game show I ever did for the Sun. So this just I, feels like it, it should be this way. I think that's right, brother. The stars align, and that's 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 why it's happening this way, Espo. I miss talking to you every night, bro. But you're a dear friend of mine. We always stay in contact, bro. I love your work. You you've helped me out in the past in numerous ways. So this is only right, man. It's only right we uh we get we get Espo to to uh to start the guest uh portion of this uh podcast. My my only problem is this is like the hippest uh, son's podcast on the internet. <laughs> And I am the lamest dude you could have as your first guest. I have no street cred, but thank you anyways for <laughs> Nah, come on, man. You 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 got to get more credit than that, brother. You, uh, I'm, you, the, you... I'm the dad joke guy of Sun's Twitter. Like, and, <laughs> about me, I'm I'm aware of it. It's fine. Yeah, we definitely we definitely enjoy the je- the, the dad jokes, man. You have made me laugh on numerous occasions. Um, and and I've even sold some of those jokes. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I can't I can't lie. I'm always laughing every time I hear it, man. So I love it, bro. Uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're happy to have Espo on today. Um, Espo, uh, you used to work for the Phoenix Suns, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I am in uh, rehab now for it. But yes, I no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I worked for the Suns from 2011 to 2016, and then decided it was time to leave professional sports to uh, be a father. So I've been doing that the last uh, almost four years now. I left uh, left the team and uh, into the corporate world so I could be around my kid. Definitely, definitely. Awesome, family, bro. family awesome. always comes first. Uh, real quick, uh, let's. I uh, wanted to ask you the Espo show. Um, I, I see. I follow you on Instagram. I see that quite a bit. Is that a Instagram uh, live show that you do, or uh, tell us a little bit about that? Twitter live. I uh, do it. I try to do it once a week. I haven't really landed on specific date and time. I had been doing a lot of uh, Tuesdays at at eight o'clock Pacific. Uh, Going to try to keep to that, but Suns kind of threw me off this week because we're doing the solar panel too but yeah just a little fun side project where i can talk a, a little bit about everything i've gone uh i've gone uniforms i've gone the nick cage spectrum which is a fun little uh oh man nick, that that's, a, that's a good one <laughs> yeah we uh we basically look at uh the teams and, and games around uh arizona sports and compare them to a nick cage movie and it was uh, just <laughs> something fun we used to we used to do in text and other things and decided to bring it to the podcast. So yeah, just trying to, trying to have some fun with that. Uh, you can find it on, uh, wherever you get podcasts and then, uh, on Twitter as well. And yeah, from time to time, I'll throw clips up on, uh, on Instagram stories as well, or, uh, IGTV, whatever the heck they, 
uh, they call uh, all that. I sound like the old man again, but yeah, whatever they, whatever the kids call those things, uh, it, it winds up there too. Uh, latest one uh, that's up there is actually one I'm sure certain people aren't happy I did, but a rant on uh, one Mr. Robert Sarver. That, uh, I, I, oh, I got to hear that. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that one. That one was, uh, and, and that was a passionate, uh, it was a passionate little rant you went on. That's a, that's a kind, kind way to put it. It was, uh, it was emphatic. I'll say that much for it. So I got to check that out. That's everything you touch turns to gold as far as I'm concerned, man. So I'm a big fan, bro. So I got to check that out, man. Hey, that's uh, that's one person that thinks that. So <laughs> a million more and I'm in business. All right. Flex. No doubt, brother. Most definitely. So let's get right into the meat of it, guys. Um, we are about uh, a little more than 24 hours removed from Devin Booker doing Devin Booker things, ridiculous things, a game-winning shot over two of the NBA's best defenders against the Clippers. Uh, and he got fouled, uh, but he sinks it in Devin Booker fashion. And the Suns come out with a 117-115 win over the L.A. Clippers. And fellas, the Suns are 3-0 and in the bubble, and everything seems to be breaking their way this far. Espo, what do you think, man? Well, finally, uh, not playing in front of very many fans is paying off uh, for the Suns. <laughs> Done it for the last uh, decade, but finally uh, they're 3-0 and with, uh, without the fans. But that last play, it, 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 let's just start there. Uh, it wasn't just Booker. It was the little things that happened there, too. Mikhail, DeAndre. Uh, just just making the smart plays, right? Uh, and 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 making sure not to overreact, even though it was last seconds of a game. Get the ball to book, and then, like you said, Booker doing Booker things. I mean, it, it very much looked like Kobe. As much as that pains me to say, as a Suns fan, it's a weird thing to say, uh, but it, it really did feel like a Kobe Bryant move. And I know how much that, uh, much like Kobe watched Jordan, guys like Booker watched Kobe and tried to patent their games after him. And that move uh, would have done Mamba proud because that spin, uh, that, that spin move up over two of the best defenders in the league, uh, not even flinching when he gets hit uh, on on the play, and then just stone cold. Uh, when he's laying on the ground, he sees it go in and just puts the head back. I mean, it was. It doesn't get cooler than the way that uh, that came out. Uh, and we know. I mean, Eddie Johnson talked about it on the broadcast. We know those are the things Devin Booker does, but he just did it for a national stage because there are so many eyes on the NBA right now and that Orlando bubble. It dominated national headlines yesterday and it's well deserved definitely yeah i couldn't have said it better myself man um we all know he can do it right um i think suns know the suns fans know uh, he can do that i know players around the league recognize it but he finally got to see he finally got the respect around you know the national media the you know the the national attention um, and just more people know about Devin Booker, man. I know people reached out to me and said, hey, man, that Suns game was crazy. People who don't even watch the Suns, you know, they saw the highlights of that, that last minute, um, which is great, man. That, that's another, another sign it's headed in the direct, right direction. Uh, Flex, what would you think, man? What was your uh, initial reaction when you saw that shot go in? 
Oh, man. Initial reaction was I almost killed myself, man. I almost jumped <laughs> off my balcony, bro. Um, listen, uh, Devin Booker, wow, bro. And and I'm going to touch on what Espo said. Um, you see, here's the thing, man. I, I've, I had a love-hate relationship with Kobe for many years. Um, you know, growing up, a, a, you know, a Suns fan and, and having these battles with the Lakers, I mean, I think I said this to you, uh, Dan, but, you know, honestly, man, I'm going to be honest. One of, one of the first things I taught my son to say was Kobe stinks. Like when he was like two years old, running around the house, I would say, what is Kobe? And he would say, Kobe stinks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, you know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a love-hate relationship with Kobe. And um, what ended up happening is, man, you know, just the basketball purist in me, man, um, towards the end of his career, maybe the last five years, you know, um, I started to really, really just, you know, appreciate Kobe Bryant and and stop, you know, with the whole love-hate thing. And I just started loving just watching him every night on League Pass and because I knew this time was numbered. So I say all that to say uh, watching Devin Booker do what he did, uh, it, got, it brought, brought me chills, man. Um, and, and not to sound corny, but, you know, a little bit emotional, man, because I know that the work this kid puts in, man, this kid doesn't you know there's no one that works harder than Devin Booker and you know he hasn't gotten a national recognition um and that's part of our that's that's mostly our fault on on planet orange you know not 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 the fans but the organization um for not putting the pieces around him for him to get that recognition but um you know the the kid brings it every day man and to see him do that in that spotlight and it's just not that game you know this is this is this is you know, two, three games in a row now. I mean, we were just talking about how he saved the day and how he was incredible against Dallas. And just 48 hours later, he just upped that. And it, it makes me wonder what we're in store for tomorrow. Like, Bubble Book is real, man. Um, I, I said that early in the, in, right? Espo, you, you saw it, man. I, I saw it. I said it early before, the you know, we even got into the bubble. I said, hey, this, this kid is about to, you know, take this bubble by the horns and, I'm so proud of him, man. Um, you know, uh, I will say this too, like Espo said, man, the little things count. So, you know, uh, one of the bigger plays that I think is, you know, no one's talking about. I haven't heard too many people mention it, but, you know, that DeAndre Ayton defensive play at the rim on Paul George with about 40 seconds left in the game, um, you know, that was a tremendous play to go vertical, go straight up. And, and not foul there. And then Cam Johnson getting the rebound, allowing Book to hit the shot over, uh, you know, over Reggie Jackson for the, uh, for, for the, for the two-point lead with 33.8. So, you know, it all adds up. And then, like you said, Espo, you get the tip from Mikel. And then, again, DeAndre Ayton secures that. That tip, as much as the tip is what people want to talk about, somebody had to secure that. And DeAndre gets it has the you know has the, the 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 patience to say hey I'm not gonna play hero here he could have been absolutely you know out of his mind and done something out of character uh but instead he kicked it to Rubio Rubio got to got the book and then we had the Kobe moment <laughs> we had the Devin Bean Booker moment that's what I call it you know what I mean so uh so happy for this kid man God bless him and um yeah we gotta ride this momentum man it's been a long time since we've been able to talk this uh you know this positively about the Phoenix Suns yeah, I mean, book is that that little hole in the wall restaurant that you know about, that uh, that not many people know about, and then all of a sudden, 
Uh, it gets a it gets a newspaper article. It's packed all the time, and it's franchised. You know that's where we're at. <laughs> right. That, that right. hole in the wall that, that we all love is about to go is about to go national. And I think yes, America's taco shop. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, a little <laughs> bit more successful than uh, yeah. than when that went big. But I, I think I, I think we're looking at at book take <laughs> next step into into stardom there. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, we can't, like you said, we can't look past the little plays. Uh, Mikel Bridges, I call him Slenderman. His arms are ridiculous, man. And, and I don't think anybody else tips that ball uh, besides him. Uh, DeAndre, you mentioned DeAndre Ayton, man. Second, any, uh, any other second-year player could panic and throw up a, a mid-range shot there. Um, and he uh, messes everything up. But he had the wherewithal to find somebody. He couldn't get it directly to Book, so he threw it over to uh, to Ricky, and Ricky said, hey, Book, come get the ball. This is your game. Um, everybody knew where that ball was going. Nobody was trying to play uh, a hero ball there. Um, and, and we had the moment, man. Um, we, we had the moment, and, uh, God, man, I just hope the Suns build this, uh, build on this. You guys mentioned the Kobe comparison. Uh, uh, one of my good friends is a diehard Laker fan. Diehard Laker fan, and he takes shots at the Suns any chance he gets. You know, he's a big brother picking on the little brother. Um <laughs> But he always tells me, he's like, man, that's that's the Mamba right there. That's that's him. Um, and, and he's always, you know, throwing pro, uh, praise towards Devin Booker's way. He hasn't yet, you know, started throwing out the crazy trade compared the crazy crazy trade scenarios towards me. Um, he's not. He hasn't uh, worked out a Kyle Kuzma for Devin Booker uh, deal <laughs> with me yet. So um, I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, man, I mean, it was huge. Um, Great win. The, the Lakers played everybody. Um, they they were trying to win that game, and Kawhi Leonard was doing his own thing as well, man. That guy was out of his mind down the stretch. Yeah, you, yeah, you know – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Espo. I was just going to say, this wasn't the Clippers uh, blowing a game. Uh, they, this was the Clippers trying to uh, storm back and win it, and the Suns basically – taking their best punches and swinging back and connecting. So uh, you can't get a better win than we saw there. No, I mean, listen, man, I, I've been I've been on record for a long time, and, and, and I've said it. For my money, this is the best team in the world. I, I believe the Clippers are the best team in the NBA. I'm not sold on the Bucks. I'm not sold on the Lakers. Um, I'm, I think that if, if everything plays out the way it's supposed to play out, I think the Clippers are going to win the championship this year. I think Kawhi Leonard is just that good. And um, and so to do it on that platform, on that stage, against what I think is the best team in basketball, uh, fully ready to go. I know there's people that are going to say, hey, Pat Bev didn't play much, and then without Montrez. But, you know, my rebuttal to that is, hey, man, we don't got Kelly Oubre or Aaron Bain. So, I mean, that that kind of balances out a little bit. And and to your point about, you know, again, the Kobe and, and Book thing, man, you know, I – I think that's a great point, Dan, is, you know, when you talk to Laker fans, you're going to get the genuine um, experience from those guys. You're going to get the genuine conversation from the Laker fans. And and my nephew, my nephew Carlos, my dear nephew, I love him to death, uh, nicknamed Bebop, that's my guy, listens to the shows, but um, he's a huge Laker fan. He's a huge Kobe fan. And, um, you know, he's constantly hitting me up and telling me, like, man, listen, every time I watch this kid, it's like I'm watching Kobe all over again. And and he's not, you know, he's he's very, very in, in tune with the NBA, um, very knowledgeable, not just a fair weather fan. And he tells me all the time, he's like, listen, man, Devin Booker's quietly, you know, slowly becoming my favorite player in the league. And this is a Laker fan. 
Um, so, you know, when you hear it from that angle, it's genuine. You know, you know, it's coming from a real good place. You know, it's just not somebody with lip service. Um, these are Laker fans that are genuinely saying, hey, man, I mean, again, he, he's told me he's the closest thing to Kobe Bryant in the league. And 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 like like Espo said, man, I mean, he studied him. He studied Kobe. I mean, um, Devin, Devin Booker. man, and, and you know what? The celebration, like when you talked to him last night. You know, he's that's he's even got that part of, the, of of his Kobe mentality. Like he was like, man, it, the only reason we celebrated was because I hit the floor. <laughs> if I didn't hit the floor, we'd have walked off to the locker room and I did nothing. And that's typical Kobe, man. That's typical Kobe. Put the hand up, walk off it's just fun. like MJ would do it. And let's go to the next game. Let's handle the paces. So um, that kid is built differently, man. He's built differently. And um, I, I think, you know, Planet Orange, man, you know, we are blessed to watch this kid every night, man. We are blessed to, to hopefully one day be able to say that this kid is going to retire a Phoenix Sun. It might be the greatest, for my money, it's going to be the greatest son to ever put the uniform on when it's all said and done, man. So can't say enough about Book, man. Just, just to recap a little bit, you know, 35.4 rebounds, eight assists. He played 37 minutes. He shot four, uh, 52% from the field. Now, that, that's amazing when you're dealing with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for 37 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is something that needs to be put in perspective, man. Like, you know, I'm big on field goal percentage, man. And when, some, when any NBA player shoots more than 50% in any basketball game, that's impressive because it's really hard to do that. And when you're playing two of the best defensive player in the world, players in the world and you also shoot 66% from three, it's like, oh boy, man, like, what are you going to do with this kid, man? And, and he's just getting going, man. He's 23. And I mean, we haven't even touched, we we haven't even gotten anywhere near what prime Booker is going to look like. So um, I love him, man. Kudos to him. And we've been talking about book for a minute, man. I think he deserves every second of it. Well, I, I think the thing too, with, with him is every time there's a criticism about his game, depending on what off season it was, he came back and he had fixed that part of his game. He had changed that. I mean, the knock going into this was, well, defensively, he's just, he's, he's not that good, you know, and we've seen increased effort and he's never going to be a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard on defense, but he's now not a problem uh, for your team uh, on the defensive end of the court. He stepped that up. And my last year with the team was, was his first, it was his rookie year. And the kid came into the league like that. I remember meeting him first day and uh, he was, he was just all business like that. Good, good guy. Uh, great to, uh, we were up in gorilla's greenhouse, uh, the, the, in the arena, which is basically a place where kids can go play. And they've got like seven foot rims and all these, all these things. And we had a basketball and we were waiting for the photo shoot to, to get started. And he and I were just kind of talking because I was going to be, helping on that and get some behind the scenes stuff for the sun social suns.com. And we just start playing hoops in there. Like uh, he had a ball to <laughs> shoot with and he starts throwing me alley oops on a seven foot hoop, which was embarrassing. <laughs> There's video of it that nobody's ever, <laughs> uh, but, but like he, he just had this way about him uh, that, that just kind of eased you. And then I follow him to Toronto. I make that sound creepy. I followed him to Toronto. I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> him in Toronto when he went to the uh, the All-Star game that year for the three-point shootout and the the Rising Stars game. And 
he carried himself like a veteran. That was also Kobe's last All-Star game. And there was just this weird juxtaposition that I wrote about that, you know, you were seeing a great last uh, last All-Star game. And I was watching All-Star Weekend through the eyes of Devin Booker's first All-Star game that he was at. And none of the moments ever seemed too big for him. He, he came in with that attitude. The thing he said to me the second he he got to the podium after the three-point contest. And I was literally the only guy there because he had lost. Nobody cared. And, and I asked him, what do you say to fans back in Phoenix? And he said, look, I'm sorry. I should have brought this one home for you, but I will come back and I will get you that trophy. And it wasn't a, oh, he's just saying that. You could see it in his eyes that you knew he was going to get that three-point trophy <laughs> at some point, that he was going to be in an all-star game. And uh, you could just feel it with him. And he always had that that demeanor. Even at 18, 19 years old, this kid walked in with that demeanor that that he knew what it was going to take to be a star in this league. And I didn't doubt it was going to happen for him. Even that first half uh, of his first season where he didn't play much at all under Hornacek, never doubted it because he just came in and he was business. You know, he didn't... he. he practiced hard he, he knew he'd get his chance and when he did he, he came in and he took care of business absolutely man yeah i mean it, it's it's funny with devin booker you forget he's 23 years old right yeah 20, 23 years old i remember my, my memory from that that rookie season it was, it was before it was actually from the draft um i went to a diamondbacks game and devin booker was uh, their special guest that night throughout the first pitch, uh, and they had him play one of those seven inning games, or this middle of the seventh inning where uh, they put a ball in a pitching machine. It shoots it up in the air. The contestant has to catch it, and if they catch it, they win a certain you know amount. So they had him do it, and then if he caught if he caught three of them, I think the you know whole crowd won a thirst buster or something like that. And he missed the first two, and then he he caught the third one, and that was supposed to be the end of the game. And I remember him signaling to them that he wanted to go again. Give me more. He, Give wanted, me more. Right. he wanted to catch the three, and he caught the next two. So um, competitive. And, and at the time, I'm like, man, that's this kid. Because he. it's funny, too, because he was kind of just roaming the uh, concourse after after that, um, which is weird. He had a couple friends there with him. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, this guy from day one, is is he's always amazed me. I, I didn't know what to make of that draft pick. But damn, did we uh did did we did we win that one? Yeah, remember yeah, man. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ashbo. Go ahead. I, I it's your show. I keep interrupting you. No, bro, no, you're the guest, bro. You're, you're, you're the, the guest, guest. Man. I, Go ahead. I, I, I can talk for a hundred episodes after this, bro, but you, we not, may not get you we may not be blessed to get you on too often. So go ahead. Go away, brother. This is all you. Oh, you can have me on whenever. But uh just uh yeah, I I Totally lost my train of thought there. So I don't know where I was going to go with that. You, we were talking about draft night, draft oh, night. That's right. There was a quote. Uh, I, I don't remember which which one of the draft heads said it, but he said, Devin Booker is a Clay Thompson. Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. Yes, I remember that. Like, uh, and, and at the time you go, okay, well, that'd be nice. I think he's better than, than what Golden State gets out of Clay Thompson now. And we're, we're only a handful of years removed from that, uh, and I, I think he surpassed Clay at this point. And that may sound a little homerish, but if you look at it, what he can do for this team, how he can carry 
this squad. Uh, I just, the, I wouldn't imagined it, have imagined it draft night. That's for sure. I remember doing that draft. Um, you know, I had some sources that would, you know, I always do a deep dive on the draft and I had some of my sources that, you know, was, was giving me intel on a lot of the workouts and stuff like that. And um, I remember speaking to a particular person and um, I, I brought up Devin Booker. I'm like, you know what, man, I like this kid Booker from Kentucky, man. Um, you know, uh, what, what are you seeing? And and I remember him emphatically telling me, he was like, dude, if, if you get that kid, you're, you're getting a superstar. And then right away I got nervous and I'm like, man, I don't think he's going to be there. If that's the case, he's not going to be there. And then I started hearing rumblings about him possibly going, I think it was to Orlando um, at seven. And then when that didn't happen, uh, I, I really got nervous. And then, uh, like I said, when we landed him, man, I was I was thrilled because, you know, again, the, the information I was getting was that, you know, he was he was much more than what uh, he was able to show at Kentucky under Calipari. And to his credit, man, you know, Devin Booker, you know, this is a kid that could have went any way he wanted to, but he chose to go to Kentucky for the challenge, and and he chose to go to Kentucky to to win and 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 win a championship. And you know, uh, I, again, I, I spoke to sources that you know at the time told me, you know, that De- Devin Booker. I mean, w- when he went to Kentucky as a freshman, you know, there was an idea that he was going to definitely come back for a second year. That the there was never really an intention for him to just come right out his first year. Um, and then it became very evident really quick that uh, contrary to what people wanted to, to think, man, it was Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker. And and the kid didn't start one game in college, man. I mean, Same. You know, it's, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. But, you know, again, the, the comparisons are scary, man. You know, Kobe went 13, Booker went 13. Um, and I know we've talked about stuff like this, but um, when you see him do what he did against the Clippers – um, you know, it's 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 only right to kind of, you know, think about, wow, are we dealing with this type of talent? And I really think we are, man. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm super thrilled, man. And, and here's the thing. He's nowhere near done. Like, I think these next five games, this kid is going to come out uh, with, with, with a blowtorch, bro. This guy, I, I, I can't wait to see what we're going to what we're going to see at 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow against Indiana. But um that's that's the thing, man. We, we we have to build on this game. This game means nothing if we can't stack the you know stack the chips and and, and handle our business tomorrow. Yeah, shout shout out to the Magic by the way for not taking Devin Booker. I believe that was the Emmanuel Moutier pick for the yes. Magic. Um, so yeah, that that worked out great for us, huh? Thank you, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. So yeah, Devin Booker deserves a lot of love, man. I'm glad uh, we have him. Um, hopefully he's here to stay for a very long time. Um, it's the Suns. Uh, I think uh, uh, Flex, you and I discussed this on an, early, on an earlier pod. Um, it's no longer the Suns. It's not the Suns' job to to make him happy because he's happy here. It's the Suns' job not to mess it up. So, right. and that might be a tall order for this, for, for a Suns front office that hasn't done a lot of right things. But again, I think they're headed in the right direction. I think. Um, I mean, it's hard to do, but I'd, I'd, I'd say as a Suns fan, I want to flush away the previous five to ten years and just kind of think of this year as a, a as a fresh uh, as a, a blank can- canvas. Yeah, canvas. I can't talk. I'm having a stroke. Um, a fresh canvas. Espo got right? you nervous. Espo got you nervous. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> over here. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, 
I'm going to try my best to think of it that way. Um, I encourage other fans to do so. Uh, I think James Jones and, and Monty Williams uh, definitely have this team going in the right direction. So uh, having said that, um, Espo, I want to get your thoughts on the Phoenix Suns core four. Um, now, this seems to be a revolving door. Um, you know, we always think of a big three. Uh, we always think of Kelly Oubre as being part of that big three. I know people were hoping Josh Jackson was before he was jettisoned out of town. Uh, but we're talking Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, and Cameron Johnson. Um, what do you think of that core four going forward? And, uh, and uh, yeah, just that. What do you think of that core four going forward? I think Cam is still a question as to whether he is part of a, a core four of the next great Suns team. He, he's looked really good so far in the bubble. Uh, he was he had his moments prior to that, uh, prior to the uh, whatever we're calling it, the stoppage, I guess. Uh, he, he had moments there as well. Uh, health is still a concern for me when it comes to cam johnson and can he stay healthy for a full 82 game season and playoffs i mean you're gonna need need him healthy and that's my biggest question mark with cam johnson because there's no denying the dude can shoot and he's gonna continue to be able to shoot from deep teams are gonna have to respect that it's can he stay on the court for the long term uh mikhail continues to grow uh if he proves to be that uh continues to be that three and d guy uh, continues to be the kind of guy that a team like the Clippers have to run uh, Kawhi Leonard off of multiple uh, screens just to get away from Mikael Bridges and try to get him scoring. Uh, he's going to be a part of this future. And it makes me laugh that so many people uh, thought he was the expendable one even up until you know a handful of months ago. Uh, that was me. Sorry, think- guys. To, to me, I've always thought Kelly is the expendable guy, quite frankly. The amount of money that he's going to want, the fact that he's on a one-year contract, uh, all those different things to me always pointed to him being the expendable one in the long run of the group. And I know a lot of people, that that just, quite frankly, pisses them off when, when I say that. But I think if you're looking at any of the young talent, uh, that's the likely guy that gets shipped out if they're trying to land another piece and uh, what's happening in Orlando right now isn't doing anything to dissuade me of that opinion they they look great even with uh, without him right now uh DeAndre people need to get off his back just uh, thank you the dude's never going to be named Luca deal with it right uh this I've said it on Twitter Uh, I'll say it here the 1984 draft and the the draft with Luca and and DeAndre are gonna look a lot alike, right? One and three yeah. are both gonna be great picks. And number two, well, you're gonna wonder why 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 the guy that went two went two, right? Uh, I don't think there's uh, anybody in Houston that still bemoans the fact that they picked Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Michael Jordan. They accept that. Both teams got great talent. Chicago happened to get the better roll of the dice by by a bit there, but Houston still got a great guy, and that's the case here. Phoenix got a great great big in DeAndre Ayton. He's another guy that's basketball smart, continues to work on his game, 
I we saw it in this in this bubble. He came back with a three point shot, which was a major knock everybody had. Well, if only DeAndre could shoot the three, then maybe he could be a modern big man. Uh, you know, he heard that for the first year, year and a half of his career, and he came back and he said, "Fine, here's your three pointer. Oh, and I'm gonna make it consistently. Too, I'm not just gonna shoot him to shoot him. I'm gonna shoot him and make him." Uh, and the guy does the little things. Sure. Would I love to see a mean streak in him at some point? Yeah, but uh, you know, not to not to bemoan the Kobe thing, but uh, Shaq was very much a uh, a fun loving guy, right? That was that's what Shaq was known for. And you know what Kobe did? Kobe brought out the mean in him when it was necessary. And I think Booker's going to do that for DeAndre in the long run. When you need the mean from DeAndre, I think Booker's going to be the one to pull it out of him. And and yeah, again, I, I, I like that comparison. That's a great but, point, bro. That is a great point, bro. Go ahead, Espo. I'm sorry. That's a great point, brother. He's a young. He's a young kid. Get off his ass. He, he's, he's 22 years old, man. He's putting up numbers that uh, are, are putting him with the elite in bigs early in their careers, right? And and yet it's not good enough. And I'm look. I'm sick of that mentality with Suns fans. I get it. We've had a shitty run of luck in general, right? We've taken a beating uh, as as fans over the years. Uh, we don't have any titles to show for all the heartache we've gone through. I understand all that. Believe me. I've been along for the ride with you. I experienced it from the inside. It's not fun. But that does not mean we take out the bitterness and the hate, uh, that, that the self-hatred that we feel for some of this out on a young kid like DeAndre Ayton. It's not his fault, you know. That that's the problem, Espo. There's scars. You know what I mean? There's scars. There's the people that are gonna say, "Hey, I wish we would have took the Arian Fox instead of Josh Jackson. I wish we would have took Jamal Murray instead of Dragon Bender." You know what I mean? So there's always gonna be those question marks. No, I mean, listen. Those are (laughs) those are those are the facts, and those are the scars. And unfortunately, DeAndre Ayton has to pay the price for those mistakes. You know, um. Listen, the, the, the kid is the kid is 20 and 10 rolling out of bed, and he still hasn't learned how to play basketball yet. He's still learning. Every day he's learning. He's getting better defensively. Um, you know, we talked about Devin Booker, and the beauty of Devin Booker is the kid brings something different to his game every year. He's constantly evolving. He's constantly working on his game. Well, you know, in the two years of DeAndre and when he came into the league, you know, he was, he was a little lost between the ears on defense. It wasn't that he was a bad defender. It was just that mentally he just couldn't put it together, man. And that happens in the NBA. So, you know, you saw the big progression from year one to year two. He went from being a liability on defense to now being somebody that Monty Williams is talking about possibly one day being defensive player of the year. Okay. And, 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 and honestly, I mean, the kid's barely played, he's barely played a hundred games, man. So we're talking about in two years, he's basically only played a year of basketball. Um, with the suspension and the injury. So, um, you know, th- this kid is 20 and 10 every night. He's he's going to become, I think he's going to become one of the better two-way players in the NBA. I think Espo nailed it when he, you know, I, I think he needs Devin Booker. Um, I think Devin Booker is going to bring the best out of DeAndre. And, and you already see it. Um, a, a big part of yesterday's game, uh, Devin Booker late in the game, penetrating, getting doubled, dishing off to DeAndre for the and one. He missed a free throw. But, 
You know, uh, the one thing I will say about Devin Booker, man, he's one of the most cerebral basketball players I've ever seen. His IQ is incredible. And when Devin Booker throws the ball to you, it's because he trusts that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do something good with it in, in that spot. And, uh, and he trusted DeAndre, and he trusted DeAndre in a big spot, and he came through. So I, I think people need to relax a little bit, man. Another thing is, man, I think we talked about this, Dan, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see what Espo thinks about this, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on every sport, man. I watch every sport, and, you know, when, 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 when Pat Mahomes won the Super Bowl this year, you know, at the end of the game, they wasn't comparing Pat Mahomes and, and, and you know, uh, Raheem Mostert. You know, you don't you don't prepare you don't compare quarterbacks and running backs. The fact that they're constantly comparing Luca and DeAndre is it's insane to me. Like these are two entirely different players, two entirely different positions. If you're gonna want DeAndre Ayton to put up the numbers that Luca Doncic is putting up, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure, man. That's just not what we drafted. We didn't draft it, you know, we didn't we didn't draft a big to go out there and get, you know, ten assists a game. That's not what he's doing. Um, so I think it's unfair, man. I feel bad at times with the criticism. I was listening to some radio shows today and they continuously just, you know, harp on DeAndre Ayton. And I mean, he had 19.7 rebounds, four assists, and he played 37 minutes, man. I mean, you, you can't ask for much more, but you know, it's, it's, it's always going to be that. So, um, it is what it is, man. I'm as far as the core four, I'm I'm with I'm with you guys. I think you know obviously uh, DeAndre and Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, are the three guys that I want to roll with. You know I think Mikael Bridges has the potential to also be a a first team All NBA defender, and if not, you know a, a guy that can com- compete for Defensive Player of the Year one day. I mean he's still growing in his game. He's still getting better every year. I call him Young Scotty, man. I think he's got he's he's phenomenal on the defensive end, man, and. Uh, as far as Cam Johnson, I absolutely love him, man. I thought he was the best shooter coming out of this draft. I, I actually was more – I was a little bit higher on him than some people were. I know people thought it was a reach, but, you know, I did my deep dive, and it was clear. It wasn't even close that kid was the best shooter in the draft. And um, and we, we need to be done with the draft in 18- and 19-year-old kids. This is, a, this is a kid that played, you know, uh, uh, big-time college basketball in a big program, um, seasoned. And that's why he's able to play 37 minutes in a in a in what what I consider is the biggest game of Devin Booker's career in five years. You know, uh, DeAndre and Devin Booker and Cam Johnson all played 37 minutes. I mean, that that speaks volumes, man, about Cam Johnson. So I, I I I'm with Espo. You know, I know he's got the bad hips, and and he's he's had some surgeries in the past. So we want him to you know we want to be able to prove that he can stay on the court. But if he does, man, Espo, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, man. He, he reminds me of Channing Fry a lot, man. He, he's got a little bit of Channing Fry in him. And uh, I loved everything that Channing Fry brought to the table. I think he can be you know, equal to or better than Channing Fry. But if he is Channing Fry, um, I think we hit a home run because Channing Fry was, was an integral part of what we did when we had this great team in Phoenix with Nash and Lamar and the guys. So um, I like the core four. Uh, I think Kelly Oubre is is a flight risk. I keep saying that. Um, you know, there's 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 the contract and and the fact that we've got one year left um, is a problem. And so I think we can play the, the the weight game a little bit. I know there was some possibilities. There was some talks about Aaron Gordon. I think that's gonna 
go away now that Jonathan Isaac, God bless him, he tore his ACL. That's going to change a little bit of Orlando's plans. But um, I'm okay right now with riding what we got with the core four, seeing if Kelly can come back and get into the mix and maybe work around the edges and, and try to build up the bench a little bit and keep riding what we're doing because I think we're playing the best basketball in the bubble. And uh, and that's a that's a big credit to, to to James Jones and Monty Williams and what they're doing. So um, I I like what we're doing. Let's just I I I'm on I'm on the on the side of letting it play out a little bit now. Yeah, well said. I mean, and here here's one thing I'll say: if you thought that DeAndre Ayton was just going to flip a switch, go out there, uh, be a monster, and there was going to be no growing pains, that's a you problem. That's not a DeAndre problem. Right. Kid's 22 years old. Like, really? And, uh, I almost said a name there. I'm not even going to do it. Look, the kid is doing historic things uh, at, his, at his position for somebody that young in his second year. I don't remember people giving this much criticism to Anthony Davis in his second year, right? That, that's, that's who we kind of like to, to, to look at him from year to year. Um, okay, right. he, he doesn't get to the free throw line. Guess what? That can be learned. That can be learned. Um, so, yeah, it's a little unfair. I mean, hey, I'm guilty of it, too. There's times that I'm like, I, I, I flex. I don't know if I talked to you about this. I, I was questioning whether he was hanging out with Alex Len in the bubble, man, because all of a sudden he can't catch passes. I'm like, come on, man. Like, catch that pass. Catch that pass. Uh, but it's all little things, right? You know? Um, so, I, I agree with you guys. I think he gets way, way too much flack. Uh, for the type of player he is, um, let, let, let the kid grow, man. Let the kid grow and, and back off a little bit. Well, and some of it is some some people on the internet, uh, some and Sons Twitter, uh, are too worried about uh, you know dislocating their shoulder to pat themselves on the back because they were right about Luca. Uh, that, <laughs> that, it, uh, that it impacts their ability to go, yeah. But DeAndre Ayton's good too. Like I, I don't. It's not mutually exclusive that one can only be good. Uh, both of them can be. This isn't Highlander. There can. Be. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, right. That's, that's part of the problem here too. Is some of it self-aggrandizing from people uh, around the internet that just want to be like, yeah, well, I knew Luca was going to be great. Well, congratulations. Uh, I'll care when you get a job within an NBA organization. Exactly. Otherwise, I don't. Exactly. DeAndre Ayton's playing well too. Exactly. It's like the it's like the guy that has never gotten anything right, and finally he got something right, and he can't stop talking about it. It's it's got to stop, man. DeAndre is going to be fine. He's going to be an all-star in my mind, and, and, and I think you nailed it, man. Listen, um, I, I think, you know, if Luka's going to be the MJ of this draft, of this, of this draft then DeAndre's going to be the Hakeem Olajuwon, and there's a happy place for both franchises there. There's no problem with that. Um, but, um, you know, again, my, my thing is, man, I, I, I want to talk less about Luka and DeAndre, and I want to talk more about Devin Booker, man. Like, the other night we played Dallas – and once again, we kept talking, you know, the, the, the talk on Twitter was DeAndre Ayton, De you know, Luca outplayed DeAndre. And it's like, why aren't you saying Luca versus Devin Booker? That's more suitable for me. And guess what? Devin Booker fouled out and I thought played the better game and his team won. So 
you know, that's that's where I'm going with it. Um, I see too much of these inflated stats. I mean, I, I've seen what Russell Westbrook average a triple double for three straight years, and uh, you know, what has it gotten them? A bunch of bounces in the playoffs. So, um, you know, Luca is in a position where his stats are going to be inflated. He's a tremendous basketball player. I don't take anything away from him. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm not big into the you know the numbers thing could be deceiving, man. He's a he's a heck of a basketball player, but until it starts translating into actual big time wins and and things that are leading to Dallas doing more than just being a seven seed, and that's better than what Phoenix is. Don't get me wrong, I don't wanna I don't wanna go there with it, but um yeah, it's a it's a little bit disingenuous, man, and. Um, again, I, I don't want to make this a Luca pod, man. I'm, I'm happy with Book. I'm happy with DA. And uh, I think they're both going to be great players for a very long time. And when we do actually turn the corner and when we do actually get that next great Phoenix Suns basketball team, I think there's going to be a lot of people eating crow, man. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to sit back and be like, wow, that DeAndre Ayton is pretty good, man. That DeAndre Ayton just got 30 points and 20 rebounds in this game. And and w- without that factor, we don't win a lot of these basketball games. So, um, you know, you you can't you, you can't take a turkey on Thanksgiving and throw it in the microwave and expect it to be good. You got to throw it in the oven. You got to let it wait out. You got to sit it out. You know, you, you got to let it marinate. You got to let it cook. And and then you get a you get a happy you know a nice big fat turkey and a happy family for Thanksgiving. And that's kind of what we're doing, man. You got to let DeAndre marinate. Put it in the oven, let him grow, let him learn, let him fill into his body, let him get the intricate parts of the bat of, of, of the NBA game, let him learn how to create contact and get to the free throw line. And when that all happens, we're talking about one of the better two-way players in the league. So that's that's where I'll leave it with that. Well said, sir. Um, yeah, man, I think we can all agree on on that. Um, let, let it slow cook. Let the ribs uh, smoke in the in the smoker. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm you not a big turkey guy. So. Have the microwave McRibs. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Kings, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, uh, we'll, we'll uh, another thing we want to talk about here: Devin Booker finally getting some love from the national media. Uh, which I mean, I guess you can say uh, you can say that. I mean, uh, you know, the Ringer had a, a, pod ta- a podcast today where they talked about the Suns and somebody mentioned that DeAndre Ayton was in his third year. Um, Jalen Rose and David Jacoby were talking about book and Jalen Rose said he, that Devin Booker is the best player not to make an all-star team. And so, but you know what? It's better. It's, it's, it's better than the latter, right? Um, it's better than just the Suns getting, getting the negative press, right? Hey, it's something, right? It's something. I just it drives me nuts. Do a little freaking research. How tough is it if you're Jalen Rose to remember, oh yeah, the guy played in the All-Star game and had one of the bigger dunks in this past year's exactly. game. And I get it. This year's been the longest decade of everybody's life. So February feels like it was six years ago. But I mean <laughs> a little a little research would be would be nice. And I, I don't fault the DeAndre Ayton third year. Because this really does feel like the start of, yeah. of another season, so I kind of. I think I did the same thing the other day. Like, I, I mean, did... there's people, there's people, there's people saying this is Cam Johnson's second year on on the telecast. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's a weird thing, man. It's it's definitely a weird dynamic. I, I'm sorry, Espel. Go ahead. I was just, you know, I, and Devin Booker made it pretty tough not to talk about the Suns. He basically kicked in the door and said, "We're here, and you have to deal with it." 
because if any national show ignored that shot today, uh, it, it would have been it would have been questionable at best. It would have been basically asinine if they ignored the biggest shot that's happened in the bubble so far. Right, most definitely. And you know what? I will give credit to uh, to. And they did lead off the lead off the jump with it, which which I thought was cool. And I'll give credit to uh, uh, to Zach Lowe because um, he said himself he he needs to eat a big uh, big bowl of crow because he said that the Suns did not belong in the bubble, and he made it a point to go out of his way to keep saying that on his podcast and on on TV. Um, so he definitely uh, he definitely retracted that. Uh, Kendrick Perkins said very good things about Devin Booker, and then decided to crap all over the Suns for the T.J. Warren deal right after. So. Hey man, it, it's it's something. Par right? for the course, right? Par you, for the course. <laughs> you gotta, hey, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta crawl before you can walk. I guess. Yeah. Um, you gotta earn that respect, and that's yeah. Just Devin well, That's how you do it. That's how you do it, right? That's that's how you do it. That's how you get it. You get on the national stage against the best team in the league and the two of the best defenders in the world, and and you 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 just straight up go out there and and put on a show and show out and that's that's how you do it man and um I'm I'm happy he's getting the attention man it's about time and I think here's the thing man it's a domino effect you know um you know perception's reality man and and now the perception of this team has trained has changed dramatically from a couple months ago um, just these three games in the bubble was was worth going to the bubble. If nothing else happens, uh, it, it was all worth it. But um, I, I think the perception is changing, and and that's important for uh, what happens after the season, as far as free agency, how we're going to attack the draft, the perception of the team. You know, there's there's stars that may be sitting here saying, "Hey, man, you know what?" Um, that guy Devin Booker is pretty damn good, man. You know what I mean? I I, I might want to play with that guy. You know, you, you hit Dwayne Wade on TNT last night saying the Phoenix Suns are his dark horse, um, and and he loves Devin Booker. We've had national, we we've had guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, uh, you know, Damian Lillard, uh, uh, D Wade, Kobe, Jimmy Butler, you know, Jimmy Butler. They've all praised Devin Booker multiple times, and that's what I that's my biggest thing is, man. You know, the players know who the ballers are. Uh, the players know who 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 deserves the respect, and Devin Booker's always gotten the the you know the the credit and the uh, the love from his peers. Uh, now it's just time for the national media to get involved, and and Devin is kind of force feeding them right now. He's not even giving them a choice. He's like, bro, listen, you don't want to talk about me, book it. Here you go. I'm gonna give you a buzzer beater against the best team in the world. Eat that, and you're gonna have to talk about me. And and by the way, my team is three and zero. And my team is knocking on the door for the ninth spot in the West. And if uh, we go out here and we beat Indiana tomorrow, man, uh, people better watch out, man, because this thing is real. I mean, and there's a lot of people that were talking about, man, the Suns don't deserve to be there. They shouldn't be there. It's a waste of time. They don't deserve it. Uh, you know, I don't want them to go there and get hurt. Uh, it's probably not worth it. Blah, 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 blah. I got receipts for all those people, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see how this plays out. But I'm telling you right now, I am, uh, I am so much more optimistic about our chances now. And obviously everything's breaking in the right direction, man. So so help me God if Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns actually get into the playoffs. Um, I'm telling you what, if those guys get in, you're dealing with a bunch of hungry dogs um, that have nothing to lose. And um, it's going to be it's going to be a scary situation for a lot of teams if that team can can crack this and actually uh, and, and make it happen. And I'm telling you what, I don't think it's 
I don't think it's as far-fetched as, as people may think, man. I, I, I'm still hearing people. I heard ESPN right before we got on, and they're like, hey, the Phoenix Suns are looking good. They're 3-0, but it may be too late. And I'm like, what are you What are you not looking at, man? What do you mean too late, bro? We're, we're a game away from the ninth seed, I believe, right now. You know what I mean? So, Or a game and a half. So um, we, got, we, got, we got five big games to go. And, uh, you know, the idea, you know, maybe a little while ago, uh, if you said the Suns were going to go 8-0, and people were like, you're crazy. But this is looking a lot more possible right now, man. So I, I don't want to jump the gun. Let's stick to stick to Indiana tomorrow and get that done. But I tell you what, man, um, I, I love what I'm seeing from this basketball team. And it's all about Devin Booker, man. It's all about Devin Booker. Ricky Rubio praised him today, said he reminded him of Kobe. And those are the things that that, that need to happen, man. And so I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him, man. God bless him. And uh, yeah, again, we should be happy on Planet Orange, man. This is we 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 got ourselves a real one, man. That guy's a dog. Look, uh, the reality is it's still a slim margin for error. They're gonna have to go four and one, I think, at worst to uh, to uh, force the force the issue here in the bubble. But what what it does set up is a, a very interesting free agency period for sure because this is gonna be fresh on people's minds, what, uh, what Devin Booker was able to do. And you can't tell me, I mean, everybody's talking about, Oh, Devin's going to go to the bubble and somebody's going to try to recruit him. You can't tell me that people aren't going to want to look at this roster and go Deandre, Devin, Mikhail, and think I could be that. I could be that piece to push this group to that next level. And Oh, by the way, free agency visits are going to take place in October this year in Phoenix. Not a better place to to be in October weather-wise than Phoenix. Eh? Oh, and, and, and then you go, oh, yeah, and in December and January and February, when the Milwaukee's of the world are covered in snow, it's 65 here. And, and I'm and, still a poker. And, <laughs> yeah. not a, and not only that, Espo, a nice, fresh, very uh, well-put-together practice facility, a totally renovated arena, I mean, the, the the stars are aligning for this team to 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 actually turn the corner right now. Everything is in place. Um, everything is aligning. Um, I think that's a big part of free agent recruitment when when you have the facilities and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, man, I think I think you hit it on the you hit the nail on the head, man. It's 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 lining up. The stars are aligning for uh, the Phoenix Suns to actually turn the corner here. And uh, and rightfully so, man. They're playing. They're playing really good basketball, man. I think Monty's doing a tremendous job. Anybody that doubt, doubted that Monty Williams hire can 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 go ahead and uh, forget about that, man. This guy's the the perfect guy for the job. Uh, he's galvanizing this team. He's got them all, you know, playing for each other. And um, yeah, man, I'm I'm really happy about what the future holds with this basketball team, man. I think um, I think the future is really bright. And it all starts with your 23-year-old megastar um, who wants to be in Phoenix, who wants to turn this around, who, again, has that Kobe factor. You know, Kobe played with one team 20 years with the Lakers. And, and you know, I, I know Devin's cut from that cloth, man. So, you know, uh, I, I don't think Devin would want anything more than to be the guy that turns this franchise around and and, and builds it from the bottom up. So, yeah, man, I, I agree, man. This is uh, This is lining up pretty damn interesting. Um, but I, I will say later on, you know, before we get off this, man, I got I got some I got my take on the remaining five games, man. And uh, 
I tell you what, Espo, man, I, I, I think four and one is a lot more doable than people think, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about what's going on. But I think, again, we, we can't jump the gun. I think tomorrow's the biggest game of them all. I think if we can pull tomorrow out, uh, the next four, things are aligning, man. And, and I'll just give you a quick little synopsis right here. You know, Jimmy Butler just hurt his foot. OK, Jimmy Butler just just he's going to he's going to miss tomorrow's game with a hurt foot. Um, and, and we don't know how that's going to progress, but Miami may be cautious now and say, hey, we don't want to push this. So is there a chance Jimmy Butler doesn't play that Miami game? Very likely. Um, you know, uh, Dennis Schroeder is not with the o- Oklahoma City Thunder for the birth of, the, uh, of his child. And and he's going to have to quarantine and go through the whole process again. Is there a chance that he doesn't play in that sixth game with OKC? And maybe Chris Paul starts to rest and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons God bless him, but he just hurt his knee today. Does that mean he doesn't play in the Philadelphia game? And uh, do you really think Dallas is going to play Luka and Porzingis in the last game before the playoffs? So, you know, again, all these things are aligning in a situation where if the Phoenix Suns can win tomorrow's game without DeMontis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo on minute restrictions, um, you know, is it so far-fetched to think that the Phoenix Suns just might fall into a very nice, comfortable situation and be able to run the table here? Um, you know, again, that's it's wishful thinking, man. But I, I tell you what, man, I, I just paint the picture and, and it sounds like it's something that's a lot more doable than people think. I, I certainly think it's doable, uh, but I think they could also wind up being their own worst enemy because they're still a young team. And a moment like what happened on Tuesday can go one of two ways. It can be that galvanizing force that makes it makes these guys focus in and realize that this is attainable. Or it could be one of those moments where they buy into their own hype a little too much because right. they, they ride that wave a little too hard and they think, hey, we, we are. You know, they start they start thumping the chest a little bit too much. Start feeling themselves yeah. a little bit, yeah. yeah. And then they get kicked in the teeth. That's why uh, Thursday's game against Indiana is so important to come out early and prove that that there there is no hangover effect uh, metaphorically from Devin Booker's game winner that they are locked in that they have uh, embodied monty williams mindset and that they are in this game to take care of business because that that's all it comes down to is and it's cliche but it's that next step it's what happens against indiana and then move on to the next game correct, you can't correct. you can't play all five of these uh, at one time you know you're not playing uh, you're not playing all five of these games thursday you're playing one and you got to take it that way and they they just have to do that. They have to play within themselves. And we've seen in these three games when they do that, anything literally on the basketball court is possible. Couldn't agree more, bro. You you nailed it, Espo, right? I, I mean, Dan, I'm what do you I, I, I couldn't agree more, bro. I mean, tomorrow's I, game is is the game. Tomorrow's game is gonna is gonna is gonna settle a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's it's a perfect segue uh, into our next topic, which is tomorrow's game. Um, what do you think the Suns need to do um, in order to beat Indiana besides not let uh, T.J. Warren go off for 50? Uh, because that would probably be the worst thing ever because um, I don't want to hear another cash considerations joke on Twitter. Um, and for people Sorry. that say, oh, that's <laughs> – and for those that say, oh, they traded him just for cash. They just dumped him. They gave him away. No, they traded him for Ricky Rubio, uh, which – Turned out pretty damn good. Ricky's been amazing in the bubble, and I don't think he's getting enough credit, by the way. He's playing like uh, an all-star. He's playing. he's playing like an all-star in the bubble, he, right? He really is. Uh, and they used that money to also re-sign Kelly Oubre Jr. 
and they had like a thousand wings. Um, and for those people that are criticizing the Suns for trading TJ Warren, did you want them to trade uh, uh, McHale instead or not, not sign, uh, not resign Kelly Oubre Jr.? No, you didn't. And you're lying if you say they, you know, that, that you'd rather, you would have rather kept him. He was a terrible fit here. He was a terrible fit next to Devin Booker. Um, and yes, could the Suns have gotten more for him? Absolutely. That, that, they messed up there. They should have got, they should have gotten a pick back. They shouldn't have given one up. Um, but hey, cap space is not that easy to come by in the NBA, man. Sometimes you got to make moves that are going to hurt. And that would hurt a little bit. But it's, it, it's just because they didn't get enough for him doesn't mean it was a bad trade for the Suns. It worked out pretty damn well because if TJ Warren was on the Suns this year, I don't think they're winning 20. I don't think they have 29 wins right now. Um, I just don't. And he probably misses half the games. You know what, though, D-Man? Like, there's so many layers to that transaction, man. And it bothers me because, you know, first things first, you had to deal with a team that had the ample cap space to absorb T.J. Warren's contract and not have to give anything back. So right there, you're already limiting yourself with who you can negotiate with. Okay, is that fair? Um, you, you already have to. So Indiana had the cap space. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, Indiana turned around and said, hey, listen, we're going to absorb TJ Warren and give you the cap space you're looking for to do something else. Um, but I want a sweetener. I want a second round pick. Listen, could they have gotten more? Could they try to play hardball? They could have. OK, but am I going to go crazy over a second round pick? Um, I'm not, man. I'm, I'm just not. It's, I, I think it's a little bit overblown, man. Um, yes, TJ Warren was worth more than cash considerations and, you know, and having to give up a second round pick. No doubt about it. But again, you have to put everything in context and you have to figure out what the game plan is. And the Suns game plan, they, they had a clear game plan. They know what they wanted to do. And they needed somebody that was going to absorb that contract. And if Indiana was the only team in the league, I mean, let's keep it real, guys. Let's talk. I mean, Espo, you've you you you've worked in the league, man. You know what's going on. I mean, if Indiana was the only team willing to take T.J. Warren and absorb it in cap space and and was stopping that from happening to the second-round pick, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, it, you know, tell me another team that was going to be able to do that, and then, and then we'll, you know, we can debate it. But until you can tell me another team that was willing to do exactly that, which is absorb the contract and lose cap space to bring T.J. Warren in, I think it's unfair to be like, oh, you got 30 teams. You could have got more. Of course we could have got more. And I guarantee you there were more deals on the table. But those deals didn't fit the plan that we were trying to do. You know, we wanted to get rid of TJ and not have to bring back any more salary. So to me, those are the layers of it that get lost in the sauce a little bit. But again, man, I'm not, you know, if we're going to talk about tomorrow's game, I mean, tomorrow's game is simple, man. We got we got to put Mikel Bridges on TJ Warren, and we got to slow him down. That's I, I think that's the end all be all that basketball game. I mean, um, you want DeAndre in the, to contain Miles Turner a little bit, and uh, you know, obviously Brogdon's been playing pretty well, and and they're undefeated too, man. They're a hungry team. I think Oladipo on minute restrictions is a is a big part of the equation, and then obviously not having Demontis Sabonis, uh, you know, hurts them a lot. So. I think it's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a tough game. Um, but I think the Suns are up for the task, man. And if we believe in, Denver, in Devin Booker the way we're saying we believe in Devin Booker and we believe that Devin Booker is who we know he is, 
I believe that Devin Booker is going to have that team mentally ready, mentally focused, and ready to go tomorrow. Um, I, I pray that there's not a hangover. I think Espo nailed it. I mean, tomorrow's the game. Tomorrow, uh, again, I don't want to jump the gun and, and 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 try to stack five games. It's like you know, you can't hit a nine-run home run, right? You gotta you gotta work on. The, you just can't go up there and get one swing of the bat and, and get nine runs, right? But so you don't want to you don't want to jump the gun with the five games. But I, I really think that tomorrow is the game that opens up this whole equation that I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm hoping they don't have the hangover. I'm hoping they go out there. They, they're on a business trip. They handle their business. Devin Booker, I believe that he's going to have everybody ready. And uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a hangover. So um, I'm pretty optimistic about tomorrow's game. But as soon as this pod is done, I'm going to go ahead and watch a, 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 you know, a bunch of Indiana tape. So uh, talk to me again you know, an hour before the game tomorrow. <laughs> so I, with the TJ stuff, you know, look, there's – there's an element of luck in all this. Let's be, let's be honest about this. I mean, Indiana took a chance on a guy who more often than not would trip over his own feet, hit his head. He'd be out for, (laughs) I mean, that was the reality of, of TJ Warren and Phoenix. And it was a guy who had made, you know, three quarters of a season of three point shots. Like he hadn't proven that, that, that was really his shot. Uh, like he's done this year, he didn't. He proved that last year wasn't a fluke. So there was an element of luck and and, and chance that Indiana took in that as well. And then on the Sun side, we got to remember, uh, as much as we like to praise everything that went on, uh, Terry Rozier was apparently the real uh, initial guy they were trying to go after at point guard, and Rubio was the backup play because he was supposedly going to guess where Indiana. It all kind of. Correct. Circle. So there's an element of luck in all this, and and that that's part of it. And yeah, does it hurt to see T.J. Warren dropping buckets like he is? Yeah, it, sure it does because because in, in you know on the surface you just got cash back for him, but the reality is he had worn his, well, his welcome out here in Phoenix. He needed a change of scenery. The Suns needed a change as well. They had too many too many wings like we were talking about. It was just the right move for everybody involved. Each team got lucky with what they did uh, with the resulting moves as well. And now we see uh, that both of them are playing very well in the bubble. Uh, Tomorrow, I think you may have to accept that TJ is going to get his. Uh, You put McHale on him and you hope McHale does the best. But what you really have to hope is nobody else winds up going off. You can contain Brogdon. Uh, you can contain Turner. Oladipo, in, in the minutes that he does play, uh, doesn't go off. It's That's the kind of thing that's going to be the difference maker tomorrow. And I think somebody needs to step up in a big way to help Devin Booker. I don't want to see Devin happen to be everything uh, for yet another game. Uh, I think we're going to need to see a big game from whether it's DeAndre or Ricky or uh, or Sarich or, or Cam Johnson, whoever the case may be, uh, you're going to need to see that. And you still need to see the consistency from uh, Cameron Payne uh, in that backup point guard spot. I, I think that's been underrated, what he's been able to do, what Javon Carter has come in to do defensively in the, in the spot minutes he's played. That all has a large impact. Sarich's minutes as, as the sixth man have a huge impact. They need to continue to hit the beats that they've hit in these first three games. 
uh, to beat a, a good Indiana team. And, you know, as, as much as it stinks there, like I said, there's very little margin for error. So you got to come out and you got to play another uh, almost complete game to win again. And that's just, that's just the reality. You got to come out and do that and you're going to have to do it likely for another four games after tomorrow's as well. If you want to get where you're going, but like Monty says, everything you want is on the other side of hard. Uh, this is just another hard road. They got to go down, but I think they can, uh, they can figure it out. They can play a good enough game to beat Indiana. I don't think they have to be as pitch perfect as they were against the Clippers to win against Indiana, but they still got to be damn good to pull this off. Flex, I think you're on mute, sir. Oh, sorry, guys. So, uh, so, 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 are we gonna do a prediction? Uh, are we gonna Are we gonna actually all go on the line here and say what's gonna happen tomorrow? What What you feeling? What you think? My, my prediction. Oh boy. Pain. Cameron. <laughs> champagne. Yeah. Champagne. Wow. I call them, I call I call them champagne. <laughs> uh, I think this is going to be probably uh, another close game. I don't see. I don't see either team running away with it, knock on wood, from a, from an opponent's perspective. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not as confident as I wish I felt about tomorrow, about Thursday's game. That's the scar tissue talking. It is. It, it is. And, and Trust like, me. It, trust me because I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> well, look, man, and all scar tissue takes a long time uh, and a lot of work to break up and, uh, and not sure impact you in the long run. Uh, but you know what? Let's roll with it. You're, you're playing with house money. It's a, it's super summer league, as I like to refer to this right now, which uh, usually takes place in Vegas. Let's put the money down and let's uh, let's roll the dice and, and see. I mean, let's you got to let it ride. And this group, you know, I, they haven't given me any reason not to not to believe in these three games uh, so far in this bubble. Monty's doing everything in Devon we trust. So I'm gonna say. I'm going to say 120-116, Phoenix Suns win. I like it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. He even even gave the final score. Damn. Well, Um, if you were going with the bubble, you should just say 117-115. You stole my thought. That's exactly what I was going to say. But, but yeah, I, you know, the the scar tissue and me, like, I've had it. I mean, I had it the the first game against Washington. When Washington made that run, and we're up by two. I was already, I, I was already, you know, freaking out, saying, "Oh my God, we're gonna lose to the Wizards in the first game of the bubble." And then they were okay there. Uh, did the same thing with Dallas. Um, it, it's just that's, uh, I, you know, it's PTSD, man. What can I say? Um, it's it's what I have with the Suns. But I, I'm gonna go with you, uh, with you, uh, Espo, and say that they're gonna pull pull it off tomorrow. Um, I actually think they're gonna win by about seven or eight points. Uh, seven or eight points. Um, I think T.J. Warren is going to fall back down to what T.J. Warren is, uh, but he'll still have a solid game. Um, and I think uh, I think tomorrow is going to be the DeAndre Ayton game. Um, hopefully he hears a little bit of the criticism. I mean, for whether it's warranted or not, uh, it should definitely light a fire under him. Um, and hopefully he comes out guns blazing tomorrow. But I think they're definitely going to pull it off tomorrow. Um, going to need contributions for the, for, from the bench, man. Uh, uh I've had to profusely apologize to Cameron Payne because I was, <laughs> I didn't have so, so I had some not so nice words for him after uh, a couple of the scrimmage games. 
um, on this podcast. So I, I but I'm happy to, to, to eat crow. Right. Uh, so, yeah, man, um, I think that's what's going to happen. I, I'll be quite honest with you guys. I don't know if I can handle the sun's going going eight. No, I don't think I'm prepared for that. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's uh, let's ride the wave. Look, also, uh, Kelly Oubre just got um, he just went from uh, out tomorrow to doubtful. So uh, he might be making a return. Um, I've already said how I feel about that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's just the news from Gina Mizell. You, you know, what's uh, terrifying is they could go eight and and still be in the 10th spot. So uh, that scar tissue could still hurt. a oh, little. That, that'd be even worse. <laughs> Hey Sorry. man, listen. I've 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 broken down every scenario at nauseum. I I've got sheets all over my desk with every team, every game, every possible breakdown. And um, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns here, man. I've been talking about it all week behind the scenes, and I'm gonna stick to my guns here. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna first first the prediction. I I actually. Something weird about this game. I just feel like I feel like what Devin Booker did the other night. Um, I think you know a load was uh, a ton of bricks was taken off this kid's back, and I just feel like we're gonna come in there, we're gonna play a good game. I think it's gonna be a contested game for most of the game, and I think that the I think we're gonna pull away when we go to our bench. I think we're gonna we're gonna somewhere somewhere towards the end of the third quarter, early fourth. We're going to go to the bench. I think we're going to bring the bench mob in. I think Javon Carter is going to bring the energy. I think Campaign is going to hit a couple big shots. I think Dario is going to do some work in the post. And I think we're going to turn possibly what's a close game, a six, seven-point game, into a a double-digit lead. And I think that when it's all said and done, I'm looking like 114 or 108 victory. and I and I actually believe, like I said, I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns here, man. I actually think that if we go eight and zero, uh, we're getting in. Now, don't jump. I don't want to jump the gun, man. Eight, we we don't want to talk eight and zero, Espo. But I I did the math. I did every breakdown and every scenario, man. And and yeah, I think honestly, I'm I got it right in front of me. I, I think Memphis is going to uh, is gonna fall out. I think San Antonio is gonna fall out. I think Sacramento is gonna fall out. And I think there's going to be a race for eight and nine between New Orleans, Portland, and Phoenix. That's that's my prediction. I think right now Portland looks like they've got the fast track to that eighth seed. And I think New Orleans and Phoenix, um, surprisingly, if Phoenix can go seven and one or eight and zero, oh, that's 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 the caveat out there. That's I'm going to throw that out there. Assuming it's a seven and one or eight and zero oh stretch for the Suns, which is a lot to ask for. Um, I think we'll be right in the mix for the nine seed. Um, I believe if we go, I, I had a scenario where if we go four and one over the next stretch and Portland wins just three of their remaining games, because Portland plays one more game than us, we'll have the higher win percentage. And so we can get in on that scenario. Um, and if you look at Portland's schedule, man, it's, it's, it's not it's not nice. And uh, neither is Memphis's. So I think New Orleans got the easier track uh, for the rest of the way. They've got considerably the easiest schedule left. Um, They've got Sacramento tomorrow, and I think that's going to be a a big game that we need to pay attention to. 
we need to all be rooting for De'Aaron Fox and, and Bogdan Bogdanovich and, and Buddy Hill to go absolutely nuts and, and do what they tried to do against Luka the other night and steal one. Um, but again, man, everything is lining up, man. I mean, you, you, you look at the way things have, have fallen into place, man, and you can't, you can't have it any better for the sun. So I actually think we got a chance and, and I'm going to, again, I think Espo, I think if we go eight and no, again, that's, that's, that's pie in the sky. But if we go eight and no, I think we're in bro. I, I think so too, but there's like, as we talked about a long scars, right? Long, scars. Road, long road before we get there. And yeah. Uh, that scar tissue ain't gonna break up until uh, until all is said and done, and all these games are played. Uh, if it, if it plays out that way, I tell yeah. you what, Espo, we go eight and zero. You send me your address, and I'll send you a nice bottle or something, brother. Sounds good to me. That's 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 a bet. I'm gonna need a drink because my heart is not gonna be able to handle uh, this this run. I, if if it's all like it was on on Tuesday. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a, a hell of a ride, that's for sure. I tell you how bad it was, man. I, I had my little blood pressure monitor on my. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking, man. And and I'm I'm in good health, man. But I was feeling kind of weird, and I'm like, man, my blood pressure's got to be out through the roof right now. And uh, yeah, so I mean, you know what though, man? We haven't had that feeling for so long, man. It feels like forever since we had that anxiety of a basketball game, right? When you're watching a basketball game and your heart is pumping and you feel, you almost feel faint. You're like, come on, man, what's going on? I'm going to pass out here. You know, it's been so long, man. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, the scars are real, but uh, I, I feel like we're turning the corner here, man. I like what's going on here. I like what we're doing. So I'm, I'm optimistic about tomorrow and, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun on Planet Orange if we can pull this out tomorrow, man. But fingers crossed, man. It's gonna be easier said than done. Yeah, man. Nice to actually talk to you after a win. I think we did it like twice in the two years that I did it. No, no, Espo, man. We had a good year together, bro. We 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 were we were hitting it hard on that forty eight win season, man, with Bless on Drogic. Remember that one? That's true. That's true. I mean, we had some fun that season, bro. I mean, we we had a lot of fun. Espo, you're my guy, bro. I love you to death, bro. Um, I I, I can't thank you enough for, for jumping on, man. And uh I hope this isn't the last time you jump on, but um yeah man this is this is a lot of fun man it's just good to just be able to talk meaningful basketball right it's just it's just it's refreshing to be able to do this man so um yeah it's definitely uh definitely this this bubble was definitely worth it man you you guys name it i'll be here maybe we can even get uh our old uh my old partner in crime john bloom to uh join in as well we have a full reunion a proper all right so so i'm gonna drop a bomb on you man john bloom will be on with us at 2 p.m. Arizona time on Friday. <laughs> yes, sir. So, 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 so we're gonna have Bloomer on Friday. Hopefully, after the Indiana win, and and that's kind of how I sold it to him. I said we're gonna beat Indiana tomorrow, and then we're gonna talk about it Friday. And so, uh, and so he agreed to it. But um, yeah, you know, it'd be a lot of fun, man, if we can get uh, if we can get a nice little reunion. You, Bloomer, and my boy Tim Kempton, we get the whole crew on, right? Oh. We'll get the whole crew on and we'll have some fun with it, man. Dan, you're yeah. welcome too. You 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 can uh, oh, hey. of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean I'm 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 all yeah, hey, just listening to you guys. I love it, man. I'm I'm hey, I'm more than happy to just, you know, drive the you know, drive the bus and just you know, just watch you guys. It's it's great, man. But yeah, I, I think I uh 
I think I definitely uh, feel the same way Flex does. I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. But before we actually let you go, since um, you know it's getting a little late here, um, sorry. I mean, I guess I late, can't compl- man. I, I guess I can't complain. It's one o'clock. <laughs> Flex has um, got film. He's got to go watch. That's, that's one true. That's, that's I need true. some of Espo's coffee that he's sipping on over there, man. <laughs> you have a three-year-old uh, you get you gotta have coffee even when it's only 9 50 at night you gotta find some way to to keep uh, it going exactly no doubt, no exactly doubt. but but yeah before we let you go and you can you can plead the fifth uh, if you'd like you got any <laughs> what, what's the juiciest son's uh behind the scenes story that you could give us oh geez the juiciest behind the scenes son story Oh, I wish you guys had told me this beforehand. I would have put. Ah, <laughs> uh, we debated that, but I was like, I kind of want to. I just kind of want to spring it on them. I'll give them an out, but I would have, I would have pulled back uh, into the memory files uh, on the spot. The juiciest son story: uh, Sebastian Telfair and Jermaine O'Neal on a bus ride uh, in Brooklyn. I think it may have been the first year that the Nets were in Brooklyn. Uh, Basically, almost uh, beat the crap out of each other. On the team <laughs> bus. Uh, I had a had a buddy uh, on the team bus. Uh, another guy I worked with uh, in, in the digital department. He was on the road trip, and I don't remember the full details. But all I remember is Jermaine said something to Sebastian, and Sebastian was like, "You don't talk to me like that in in my hometown," and and threats were. <laughs> Threats were uh, exchanged, and uh, that's scarier when you look at uh, Sebastian since his uh, since his playing days and some of the stuff that's gone down with uh, with Telfair. But uh, yeah, I, that one was probably the most interesting. <laughs> and I've told this one before, but uh, same road trip, I think it was. Uh, my buddy's there, and the team plane gets held up for like forty five minutes, and uh, and apparently Michael Beasley said to somebody, "I forgot my investments back at the arena." Everybody's like, what the hell? What the hell are investments, right? What, he leave a bunch of stocks and bonds in his locker? <laughs> right? And apparently, he had left a, like a, a big bag full of watches uh, in, the, in the locker room. And those were his investments that he left. And the whole team had to wait while he slept his ass back to the arena to get a bag of watches. Uh, because they were his investments, so that well, I liked I liked bees. I was a I was a fan of bees, but that's probably one of my uh, one of my Yo, all-time favorites. Wow, that is awesome stuff, bro. That is awesome. And I, you know what's funny? I can I can envision the Telfair thing, man. Oh, you me know, too. I'm a you know I'm a New York guy, man. And you know his cousin's Mulberry and. When I was in high school, I was in I, I was I was you know one one of my one of my high school guys was Shaheen Holloway, McDonald's All American MVP, who played with Kobe Bryant, and he won the MVP in that game. And that was my that was my guy in high school, and uh, and and we played uh, Mulberry up at uh, at Lincoln High School, man. So I, I I've seen that environment, bro. So I, I could imagine Telfair was ready to go, bro. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a good Marbury story. This is before I played or worked played for the team. Yeah, I played. I was a <laughs> third three point guard in those years that I was there. It was it was a tough time. Well, we we might need you now then. No, but uh back before I was with the Suns and I was working in media in town, uh, we it was 
I, I don't remember what it was. There was something about Rodman that came out, and uh, and the question was, what was what player uh, do you think could have been Arizona Sports' Dennis Rodman? And I said on Twitter, uh, and this is in the infancy of Twitter. I mean, it was probably 2009. I said, oh, Stefan Marbury pro- probably would have been that guy, right? And I didn't tag him or anything. I just said his name. He tweets me back, and he goes, yep, I'm crazy. And that was that, like – Still, my favorite tweet anybody has ever sent me was Stefan Marbury actively searching for his name on Twitter just so he could say to me, yep, I'm crazy. That was, uh, wow. that was spectacular. So. Stefan Marbury follows me, which is random. <laughs> that is random. Hey, you guys can hear me, right? Yes, we yeah. can. Uh, yeah, Mar- Mar- Marbury Marbury's a good dude, man. He's just he's just got a bad, you know, he's God bless him. He's doing really well right now. I'm so happy with how... You know, the end of his career worked out. Man, that guy's a god in China, man. But um, yeah, he's a sweetheart of a guy, man. He's just he's got some, you know, he's got some, uh, he's gotten a bad rap over the years, especially in New York, man. They kill him in New York, but um, that's that's great stuff, Espo, man. So yeah. guess what, man? Um, that might be a prerequisite now to, to get when when you get on the show, we might need a couple stories. So you know what? Get story your time with Espo. Yeah. Get your catalog together. I tell you one thing. Let me give Espo a big shout out here, bro. So, um, when the Kobe thing happened, you know everybody was heartbroken, and uh, Espo put something up uh, that blew my mind, man. I it blew that. my mind. Yeah. So he, he put up the uh, you know the free agency pitch book. You know, Phoenix free throw. Would, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Phoenix would always and and I and I had known about this from from one of my contacts, but. Um, you know, they had a habit of putting together these little coffee table book things when they were recruiting you. And they did one for Nash um, when they recruited him in Dallas. And I remember uh, Rex Chapman was at the house waiting for him at like 1201 with the little with the little book. But um, apparently they did one for for Kobe um, that same season, that same season. Instead of getting Kobe, they got Nash, but they got they did one. Right. Espo and. Yep. And Espo happened to have that uh, on hand, man. He put a couple pictures pictures up, and uh, it blew my mind. I put it on my Instagram. I think I put it on Twitter, and uh, it just it's just it's just something that uh, is that's probably a, a keepsake, right? Because you know, with everything that happened with Kobe, that's you, you're probably one of a few people on the planet that got something like that, man. So that's that's pretty dope, man. I I have the actual leather bound version and. Ironically enough, when it was given to me by by someone, I was told it was the Nash one. Oh, okay. That's what happened. When I went home and opened it and saw it was the Kobe one, I I, I was uh, my mind was blown because uh, that was like an urban legend that 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 Kobe one existed uh, when when I was at the Suns and and even before that I'd heard about it. And uh, I inadvertently wound up with the wrong one and was told, yeah, you can keep it anyway. Oh, my God. I forgot I had it. And, and the day he passed, I, I, was, I was just sitting there thinking about it and was look, I was sitting in my office and I was looking at, at the cabinet. And I went, oh, my gosh, that thing's sitting in there. And I had to ask a few people before I shared anything to make sure I wasn't sharing state secrets that weren't supposed to be out there. I didn't want to get anybody in trouble but felt like it was one of those things that needed to uh be shared and there's a great letter from uh from jerry colangelo to kobe in that book but i was asked uh not to share that since those were uh 
personal work. That's awesome. That's, uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 incredible. Bro, that gave me goosebumps. And hearing you just hearing you telling the story and and just right now, it just I just got chills just hearing you say when you know the day Kobe passed. It it, it just it's just still it's surreal, man. It just doesn't it doesn't feel real still still, man. Um you know, Kobe Bryant was such an integral part of the NBA, man. And and he was, you know, for for me, I mean, I you know, I, I tell people all the time, and I was blessed to see Mike and and Magic and Bird and, and Kobe and LeBron. You know, I, I was able to see them all in the prime. And um, but for like kids like like my son, he's 18, and you know, Kobe is his Michael Jordan, man. And um, I just think back of that day, bro, and it was a it was a numb household. There was a lot of emotion, man. I mean, I cried, my son cried. Um, and it's just it's crazy to think about that, you know, we're we're talking about this right now still, man. It just it 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 it, it tears me up, man. But um, yeah, that's an awesome story, bro. And and you've got something that uh Espo, that's priceless, bro. That is priceless, man. So good for you, man. And thanks for sharing, bro, because that's uh you didn't have to do that. And I felt like when you did that, that just spoke volumes about the type of person you are, man. Um, you could have just kept that to yourself, but um I think you hit it right on the spot, man. And yeah, that, was, that was awesome, bro. So I want to give you props on that. We never really talked about that. And 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 again, shout out for coming on, man. Last time I did the solar panel, you were away. I don't know where the, where the hell you were, um, <laughs> but you were away, and I was a little disappointed. I'm like, man, I was, you know, you got, if I'm on a solar panel, I I need to be with the whole three dudes. Like I felt cheated, you know what I'm saying? So Flex is coming on, and I said, I gotta take a vacation, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No man, I'll come on anytime, and you can have Espo story time. I'll have to, I'll have to dig deeper to figure out uh, other stories, but uh, I got a few of them. Uh, That's what's up, my brother. I got to get Charles Barkley one for next time, but I'll leave yeah. that. Oh yes, oh, I right. love so you're it. Love on it. Next week, then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 do All right. now. We'll wrap this up. But yo, if if, if we go uh, if we go eight and zero, we got to get you on Espo. All right? Even if you I don't. Go- you can right. yeah even even if we don't go i know we'll definitely have Espo back on the on the show um appreciate it man you're our first guest so uh so thanks for uh uh for being the first one man um uh go ahead and plug your uh, plug your show again real quick and uh, where can people find you on twitter yeah uh the solar panel uh, is the sun show that i do with dave king tim tim tompkins appropriate that i mispronounced tim's name <laughs> on the regular on the show but uh so you can you can catch us we'll actually do a post game show following uh, most of these bubble games because uh, i actually took work off so i could uh, watch these games so we'll be doing that then uh the espo show you can find that on twitter uh under my handle at espo and you can find that uh on any of the podcast services you like to subscribe to just search the Espo Show, yes, it is a uh, douchey name, but uh, it is the one that the person I uh, am doing the show for, uh, the network I'm doing it for, re- requested that I use. So that's uh, that's why it's called that. So, yeah, uh, check it out. I always appreciate it, connecting with people, uh, talking Suns and Arizona sports with uh, with anybody that likes to. Most definitely. And uh, don't forget to follow us at Coast to Coast Pod 1 on Twitter. I am at dduarte eighty nine. And you can find uh, Flex at Cruz FE13, C R U Z F E 13 on Twitter. All right, perfect. So for Espo and Flex, this is Coast Coast Podcast. We're out. Peace out, Planet Orange.